Every journey starts with a thought, a vision, fueled by a why. But what's your why? Why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday? You already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent. You already know that next level results require next level effort, period. But why is today different than any other day? What's your why? How are you going to get to the next level? See, most of you want to make it to the promised land of success, but aren't willing to make the sacrifices. Let me be clear. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No handouts. No excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm-up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You got to decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. Think of the difference between an iPhone video and a Sundance film. Camera audio versus a studio track. A novice or someone with experience. Sure, each has their place, but which will have maximum impact? Summer Shower Productions, a black-owned, woman-owned production company built to create valuable and inspirational content for you. Whether it's a promotional video, a short film, interviews, event photography, or utilizing our extensive editing and post-production tools to take your already captured content to the next level. We always bring creativity, integrity, and passion to every project we produce. So, consider Summer Shower Productions for your next project. Let's build something great together. What's going on, folks? It's your boy again in the building, Dr. Sean Thomas, with episode 39 of the Be More Today show. We are back. We are back. We are back in the building. And folks, December is cruising along. We're almost at the end of the year. My goodness, please help us to get there. It has been a crazy year, as you guys know. But you've been here with us from the beginning since February. We've been doing these shows. Uh, Be More Today show has been booming since February. I just want to thank everyone who's been following us and watching us and supporting us. We appreciate you so, 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 so much. Again, Be More Today show is uh, a member or a group of people who are coming together to inspire ordinary people to be to doing extraordinary things. And our whole focus is to make sure that people are out there not being in fear, but really taking their steps to be the best version of themselves and using greatness as their tool to get there. Um, we've done, done, done this show since February. And to be honest, it's been a blessing to 
see the change that we've, we've gone through, to see the 29 countries that now we're being heard in every single week. We're in 29 countries, so that's amazing to know. And our support is growing, growing from all our friends and family who support the Viewer Today Show every single week. So if you are listening and you continue to listen, I support you. You support me. I salute you. I thank you. It's been a great year for us together. So continue to follow us and we will continue to put out content to make sure that you guys are inspired every single day. Um, if you want to continue to be a sponsor with us, our sponsorship program continues to move forward. And those of you who are continuing to give to the program, I appreciate you. Uh, your gifts are not overlooked. They are things that we really true, uh, take to heart every single day. And I'm just thankful that people are actually giving to the show. Uh, it makes me know that what we're doing is in the right direction and we will continue to do so moving forward into 2021. So this is a penultimate episode. There's one more episode after this and then we're taking a break until 2021. Uh, my guest for today uh, is actually the person I'm quoting for today. And she said, work hard in silence. And let your success be your noise. Work hard in silence and let your success be your noise. Folks, I don't know about you, but as I always say, this has been a year that has been uh, trying for many. And I feel like the, the weight of 2020 is leaving us, but the problems that we had in this year may not, right? The thing that you experienced this year may carry over into 2021, the debt that you may have accrued, the issues you may have experienced, uh, all the things that were great may also carry over in 2021, but a lot of things are going to be hopefully changing in 2021, but may not be, but it doesn't matter. We have to continue to work and whether we're putting those things out on social media and showing everyone the glamorous life that we think we're living or not living, or we're just grinding in the background, the work has to continue to get done. Uh, I'm a firm believer that working in silence is the best way to get success. And, you know, Instagram and Facebook and social media will, will have you fooled if you continue just to surf and scroll through Everyone's smiling and looking great doing their thing. It takes a lot of hard work to get that stuff done. So don't forget that there has to be some input put out there before the output really comes in. And you got to make sure you continue to grind, to continue to put your steps forward to be uh, the better version of yourself. Continue to put that input in to see success. There are no handouts, folks. And I know everyone's looking for 2021 to be a better year than 2020. How can it get worse, right, than 2020? How can it get worse than this? But I, I guarantee you, if you plant your seeds now, right, if you plant your seeds now, this is December, it's the last month of the year, get your things right, get your mind right, get your goals right, get your starts right, get your thoughts right, do the things you want to do for 2021, and don't wait until New Year's to start it. Start it now, right? Plant those seeds now. You will see that that hard work that you do in silence now will be boastful for you when you get to 2021. And that, that's my thought for today. That's my charge for you guys today. I hope you guys go out there and get it. Um, I'm going to get it. I, I got I got a lot of plans that I want to share with you guys, probably in next season. But um, let's get into our guest for today. Our guest for today is none other than Crystal Ward. Now, Crystal Ward, folks, is... I want to say she's a friend of mine because I've seen her in a number of different capacities. Um, she's presented at my church at one point in time on a financial piece. I was a host on her show, Ephesus TV, uh, earlier this year. But Crystal Ward, for those who don't know, is a certified personal and professional development coach and financial services professional with almost 20 years of corporate experience in the industry. She seeks to help individuals and organizations unlock and unpack their potential through motivational speaking, coaching, and workshops on various topics. Now, she lives by her personal motto to inspire, 
to motivate and to connect. She believes that God has played an instrumental role in shaping her to become the woman that she is today. And her passion is to utilize all of her professional and personal experiences to help others discover their purpose and not only live their best life, but live an abundant life. As a former senior vice president at Citibank in the commercial bank, she's had the opportunity to work with several CEOs and CFOs to provide guidance on the best financial strategies for their business. She served as the former co-chair of the Women in Commercial Leadership Program and co-chair for the Black Heritage Network. Prior to City, she had an extensive banking career at J.P. Morgan Chase. Currently, she's as a board chair for Unique People Services, a Bronx-based not-for-profit that helps adults with developmental disabilities, and also as the elder and finance chair at the Ephesus SCA Church in Harlem, New York. She is passionate about motivating others to live an abundant life. She seeks opportunities to inspire others by the way that she has done personally, motivate others to do the same for themselves and to connect them with individuals that would help their goals become materialized. She conducts workshops on financial literacy, entrepreneurship, professional development, and empowerment, and widely known for mentoring youth and providing adults and professionals with personal development coaching to adults. She's also served as a keynote speaker for several women's conferences and professional events, and in the midst of authoring a book, Be the Total You. We're going to talk about that. She holds a <laughs> Bachelor of Finance and Investments and a Master's of Public Administration from Brew College and recently completed the Executive Program in Management at Columbia Business School. She's a certified coach, National Urban Fellow, and a recipient of the Network Journal's 40 Under 40 Achievement Award. In her spare time, likes to travel, read, swim, cycle, play volleyball, and loves being in nature especially the beach. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage, <laughs> my friend and the amazing Ephesus TV host, Crystal Ward. Crystal, what's going on? I'm good. Nice to meet you, Sean. You know, it's always weird hearing a bio. I'm like, when did I do all of those things? <laughs> yeah, bio story about y'all, but that, that's, all, that's all you, right? You, I was just like, who's, who's coming on? <laughs> <laughs> Are they here yet? They're going to be here soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen you from far. Uh, and then I was, I was honored when you actually invited me to your church to speak about my book um, during the COVID season. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, a, as a member of Kingborough Temple, we're in the same church network. And I'm actually from Harlem. So anytime to go oh. to Harlem is always a fun time to go uh, to visit. I'm actually from 135th and Lenox, which is not too far oh. from your church. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was always good to be up there. But to, to be on your show, it was really inspiring. And it, it, it made me feel great. I'm not going to lie to you. It made me feel like the work that I had done for this book was, was recognized and it was appreciated. And um, I was happy to be on there, and I'm happy that you're on my show today. I could not do anything else but bring you on my show, talk about the great thing that you've been doing. It's, it's only right. It's only oh, yeah. Right. I'm glad, glad to be here. And I will add that, I mean, when you were on my show, it was such an inspiration. Um, not only your story in terms of being an author, um, your story in terms of your career path, but even on the health, the health aspect of it. I mean, since, being, since you were on my show, I've built up to running literally about five and a half miles every day lost a good amount of pounds and just kind of went back into you know what i was felt like before covid so kudos to you for all for that inspiration when you were on my show that's huge <laughs> i remember you saying that you were going to get back into it and a lot of people just say that no but you really I was, did i really did i was just like when people sit in that chair to me it's an accountability for me so i'm like you know what 
I, well, I sat here and said, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do it. Wow. I did it. (laughs) I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed. All right, Christopher, let's get into it. So talk to the people about, I always do a check-in about how people were feeling and this has been a crazy year. What's your year been like and how are you doing COVID-19 check-in, uh, post-election check-in, all those fun things. How are you? (laughs) It's been a crazy year, but I would say overall, like, I actually feel good. I mean, you know, there's this text where it talks about, like, what the devil may have meant for evil. God used it for good. And I really feel that way. Like, I mean, I had time to just think think about what I wanted to do in my life, think about what was important, um, my health, exercising, just so many different things. And um, it's been good. I mean, there's been some losses. I mean, not in my family personally, but we've had a few members from our church that, you know, unexpectedly passed because of COVID. So, you know, that hit in a real way. But um, in spite of it all, I'm, I'm grateful. Like, I can't believe it. we're already in December. It's December 6th. And I'm like, to have made it to this point, I'm grateful. So I'm feeling good post-election. I am feeling even better. <laughs> can't wait until next year, just January 15th. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> So, Crystal, you are a woman of many talents. Uh, we could probably have like a two-part series basically out on your entire life. But yeah. I did want to start talking about the biggest thing that I saw, you know, and doing my research on you was basically your finance journey. You have this extensive journey through the realms of finance. Um, and I think you're actually our first finance person mm. on the show for this season. Um, okay. So can you just give the listeners those who are interested or curious about your financial journey, uh, how you got into even being interested in numbers uh, and, you know, the, the high school, college, grad school route that you went through to get to where you are today. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting question. I, I don't think when I look back, I don't think I ever thought to myself, you know what? I really want to go into finance. I really want to be a banker. I really want to work for a big, large bank. Um, I didn't think that initially. Um, for me, what had happened is that I, I, um, so in high school, well, let's take a step back. So in elementary school, I excelled in pretty much all of my classes. You know, I graduated like the valedictorian there, then went on to high school. And interesting thing about high school. So I grew up, I would say pretty sheltered and this high school that was closest to me for those who live in Brooklyn, um, was this school called Samuel J. Tilden high school. And if you know anything about Brooklyn at the time, it was considered one of the baddest high schools. And my parents, because it was nearby, and I don't even know if they really understood like the high school culture. They were like, well, it's nearby. So that's where you're going to high school. And that was it. And while I was there, I mean, I honestly had like the greatest experience. I was on the debate team in the honor society. Like everything I heard about what that school was, was not my personal experience. It's like I matriculated through there in an amazing way. And I remember having this um, accounting class and the professor, well, not a professor, but the teacher, he was just amazing. And he would bring in different like professionals to come in to speak to us. And when people came in, I just remember feeling like, wow, I want to be like them one day. At the time, it was like the big eight accounting firms. Um, So I wasn't quite sure yet if it was finance or accounting, but I'd like the idea of just... They just seem so savvy coming in their suits, talking about numbers, talking about um, organizations and all this cool stuff. And that's what first started to pique my interest. So then my teacher, there was this, um, this 
this uh, event called the Career Opportunities in the Accounting Profession. It was like a program where people had to apply to and they took inner city kids. If you got accepted, then you were able to go off to Pace University, but upstate, like Briarcliff, New York, um, and do all these professional development courses. And we got a chance to visit one of the big, at the time, eight accounting firms. So I got to visit Ernst & Young and also Deloitte & Touche. So then being there again, just opened my eyes of just like, wow, I could really see myself in this role. Not, not even fully understanding yet what it entailed, but it started to pique my interest around the whole concept of being on Wall Street. So then in my last year of high school, there was this um, scholarship program that I applied to called the Chase Smart Start Scholarship Program. And lo and behold, praise be to God, got in. I was the only one from my high school that got in. And they took um, inner city students from all throughout New York City. And you got a full scholarship for undergrad, um, a fully paid internship at J.P. Morgan and books, everything pretty much covered. And I was just like, this is a blessing. So now that became one of my first full experiences now going onto Wall Street, kind of being in banking, being in finance. And I started off as an accounting major at Baruch, and then I switched to finance. I liked accounting, but finance I liked more because it was more of the application of the numbers versus like crunching all the time. Even though I think having that crunching um, background as a foundation is important. So while being in banking and, you know, doing my internships for four years, I interned through various parts of the bank. And for those who may not have a knowledge of banking, when they think about the bank, you just think about going to your local branch, you know, the teller, the branch manager, but there's so much more to banking. When you think about banking and finance, every individual needs a bank, every large company has at least one or more banks. And for a large company to have a bank, then someone must be in charge of managing those relationships, meeting with those CEOs, meeting with those CFOs. And through me, like interning at the bank, I began to learn more about these various areas and then decided to apply to one of the bank's entry-level training programs. So that was my, probably around my junior year of college. And, and I got in. So, you know, going into senior year, I already had a full-time job set up and, you know, was still kind of looking at exploring my options, but I really enjoyed my experience at JP Morgan while interning. So when I finished college, then I joined their entry-level training program, started off as an analyst, and then from an analyst, then kind of went up the ranks to an associate, then to an assistant treasurer, then to a vice president, then to senior vice president. Now, I'm sharing this in short. It didn't happen like overnight or year after year. It took time to grow and build, but it was just a great experience. So that was my exposure to banking and finance. Um, there's also an element of finance that I'm passionate about, which is the personal side of finance. That's not something that I was necessarily taught in school, but something that I realized was very important and that a lot of people lacked. And because of my passion in terms of helping people to, like I said, not only live their best life, but live an abundant life, finances is something where I realized like people really have no clue in this. I mean, like smart, educated people have no clue on managing their finances. And then that became something that on the side, I would coach people about, ended up doing workshops about. So I guess long story short, that's, you know, some of my background as to my interests into finance. Mm. 
an extensive background. It definitely is. Now your your website says inspire, motivate, and connect. Now, and I, I know you mentioned that in terms of your your passion now using finance as that tool. But where did that drive come from to have this motto: inspire, motivate, and connect? You know, I never really thought initially about me personally having a motto, but I realized that at some point I did. Like I, I started to think about what was really important to me. And this didn't happen again, like right away. This happened like over time. Um, over time, we're talking 15 years into my career, right? And I started to feel this drive about what am I really passionate about? Like, I mean, I enjoyed my job. I enjoyed my role, but I felt like I wanted more. And I noticed when I started to look at, besides my day-to-day job, what were the things that I really did where people felt like they were impacted? Because people would say, you know, I really feel impacted or you inspire me. And I'm thinking, inspire? Like, I never really, I don't think anyone who truly seeks to inspire really thinks about inspiring. They're just living. And then as a result of them living, then people say, you know, this really inspired me. So I started to tap into that to realize like, wow, me just living, me going through my ups and downs, thinking at times where I'm not even sure what I'm doing. And somebody's looking at this journey and feeling like she's such an inspiration. It's just humbling. And there is when I started to realize, I said, you know, God, like you really have me here for a purpose. Every experience that I've gone through, the successes, the falls, everything along the way was for a purpose. And you're using it or allowing allowing for it to be used to inspire people. The motivate part of it is where I realized you can be inspired by someone, but in order for it to benefit you, then you have to do the work. So the motivation piece comes from now saying to someone, okay, you feel inspired by me, whatever that is, whether it's a career thing that I've done, whether it's uh, exercise feet, you know, you feel inspired, but I want it to go from beyond me inspiring you or you feeling inspired by me to you now feeling motivated to do something for yourself. Because when I see that, that's what actually makes me feel happy and fulfilled. And then the connection piece is that I realized all throughout my career, people who have done well, they haven't done it well on their own. They needed a village. They needed um, people to support them. They needed people who had access. And by access, it could be their influence. It could be money. It could be various things. And in order for that to happen, a connection had to take place. And I found myself, um, you know, God had blessed me to be in positions to meet with all types of people, people who ran certain companies, people who are very senior at the bank, people who have done all types of things. And I see, you know, God, I want to use my network to also help people who are trying to accomplish the things they want to accomplish. And that's kind of where the thought of when I thought about my life, if I had a motto, what would that be? And I realized it's inspire. That's what I'm doing for myself. What seems to be impacting people without even me really trying to say, let me do that. The motivation piece, people coming for advice, and I don't want them to leave me without now having a plan for themselves. What are you going to do differently? And then the connection piece is once they've kind of mapped that out, well, then how can I help you? 
Is it something that I can help you with directly myself? Or is it that I need to now connect you into my network of people so that they can help you? So that's where the whole inspire, motivate, connect comes from. I got, I got to say the, the motivate piece was the one that, that stuck out to me because, yeah, everyone's inspired, you know. Everyone's right. inspired, yeah. You look at them, oh, I'm, I'm inspired by you. It's so inspiring. Okay, great. Now what? Like, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the piece I think a lot of people forget. So I'm glad that you put that into your your personal motto and you, you've used that and you've cultivated that into a number of different courses that you've been doing. Now, I know you're a certified personal and professional development coach, but you also do workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which are called Secure in the Bag, uh, What's My Type? And so you want to be an entrepreneur. My question for you is a number of young people and I guess older people, right? Because everybody <laughs> wants to be an entrepreneur. Um, this, this term, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. What do you think that really means? And do you think that... Um, the, the road to entrepreneurship is as easy as people believe it is. Because a lot of people say that they're entrepreneurs and they're, they may be doing something on their own, but entrepreneurship, I think, is, is, a, is a more detailed, more uh, explainable thing. And I kind of wanted you to talk about what that means to you. I think entrepreneurship, so a few things. I mean, you touched on a lot there. Um, So when we think about entrepreneurship, it's you're thinking about someone who had some type of idea. It could be a product or service. And now they're using that as a way to meet some type of need and gaining some type of financial gain from it. Um, That financial gain can be something that they're using to now sustain their life fully. For some, it might be they're trying to become a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever it is, right? But it's some type of product, service, idea that they're now pitching. They're seeking to solve a need. And I think when I think about like successful entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that I've met or, and that's the interesting thing about banking, right? Like a lot of these big companies that I have met, for some of them, you hear the stories or you read stories on how it was started. And a lot of times we see these big companies and don't realize that like a Nike, a Starbucks, McDonald's, Apple, it all started as something very, very small where someone had an idea, probably more than likely that there was some kind of problem that they recognized needed to be solved. They're using their idea to try to solve that problem and then figuring out how to monetize it so that they can make money and then not only sustain it, but then even grow it. So I'd say overall, that's the kind of concept of what entrepreneurship is. Is it something easy? No, it's not easy. Is it something for everyone? For me, I actually say it's not. And I don't think that it's, that's a bad thing. Um, I think, you know, you need, God has given all of us different gifts and talents. And when I think about like the skill sets and the grit the risk-taking needed for entrepreneurship, um, everyone doesn't have that. And it's not a bad thing. It's just that some people are are built to be the CEO of the company. Some people are built to be the CFO of the company. Some people are built to be middle-line managers. Some people are, you know, built to be kind of a process thinker, uh, you know, a systems kind of thinker. We all have different gifts and talents. And I think when a person now gets to the point where 
they think about, you know, what, what is my skill? You might be the person that actually has a great idea and you use that great idea and sell it, right? You benefit from that and somebody else is now running with running that company or that business. So I think the key thing is for people to recognize that it's hard. Um, and because it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's something that you should run from. It's something that you need to really think thoroughly about. Are you ready and prepared to enter into this world of entrepreneurship? Are you passionate about what you are going to do? And then here's the important thing I would stress as well. Now, there's a lot of people I've met that have passion around the product or the service or the idea, but then they're lacking the business and the finance side of things, right? And I don't care how great your idea is. If you don't run the numbers and if it's not cash flowing, if it's not, um, you know, profitable, it's just not going to work. It can end up costing you more to keep it going than to just dissolve it. And the reason why I say that, now that's not to say that an entrepreneur needs to have all of those skills, but you need to be aware enough about it, uh, enough about it to know I need to hire someone to take care of this aspect of the business. And then you need to know enough about that aspect of the business so that you can have some kind of oversight on the person who's doing it, right? So I say all that to say, I think entrepreneurship is great. I don't think it's for everyone. And I don't think there's anything bad about that. I think people just need to know, you know, what's my skill? What's my talent? And be honest with yourself. And it's okay that, it's okay then to um, hire people or bring people on board that have the skill sets that you're missing so that then you can implement that idea or that business or whatever it is that you might be seeking to do. I'm glad you share that. I just want to put that out there because I know a lot of my, my listeners, you know, want to get into entrepreneurship and they say they're entrepreneurs, but like you said, there's a whole much more behind that than just saying mm-hmm. it, doing and being and, and living and knowing what you're going to do and not do. And, you know, I, as a physical therapist, you know, I can, I can work for a company or I can be a company, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm still trying to decide if I want to do that. I mentioned my last episode that I'm thinking about doing private practice and, um, it's not a, oh, I'm going to just start tomorrow and go out there and do it. Because again, there are things I have to take into consideration and, you know, think about who's going to be my referral base, where I'm going to have my practice, and all these different things, because that's going to be all on me now, not on anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does come down to those, those questions and trying to see if you're good at that stuff or not uh, before you jump into those things. So I'm glad you shared that. And I hope my listeners are, are recognizing that it is not easy. It does take hard work. Um, yeah. I, I mentioned today in the beginning of the podcast a quote from you saying work hard in silence and let your success be your noise where did that quotation come from for you or how do you apply it to our current society right now where everything again like i said earlier is focused on showcasing success uh without work trying to find that the quick the quick way to get to to money without having to work as hard for it you know and, and everyone who's trying to find shortcuts where and we're in society where you know like what you said work mm-hmm is beneficial and it takes that work to get things done. How do you justify this quotation in today's modern day society? I think in today's modern day society, you know, it's unfortunate that we live in this uh, social media culture where, you know, people smile and do these fake smiles and do all these things and just post it. Right. And, and because of that, it creates this culture where people 
just want to focus solely on image. And focusing solely on image can only get you but so far. I mean, so much of the concept of the entrepreneurship, of how hard it takes and all the grit, all of the sacrifice, all of the, dare I say, the blood, sweat, and tears, and finances, and everything that goes into actually making something work. Um, for the person who's truly about trying to make something work, they're not really thinking about, well, how does this look to other people? How can I show this great thing that I'm doing today? They're really focused on trying to crunch and to grind. And when you're really grinding, you don't have any time. It's almost like you have tunnel vision because you're so focused on that thing that you're trying to do. And that thought about working hard in silence, I think something that's really important, I, I always say this and my sister laughs at me when I'm like, you have to know the why, the why behind what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing. This is not something that you have to answer to anybody else. But deep down, why am I doing this? If you're doing it just for people or for likes or for someone to say to you, you know, you did a great job. It's only going to go but so far. Because when that day comes when you, you're not getting as much likes, you're not getting as much attention, you're not, no one's saying, you know, great job, Sean, you're on episode 39 and you, you're trying to get to 100. You have to know, am I doing this? Because I really think there's people out there that need to learn about different topics. And if that becomes your why, then you now work on doing this and you keep doing it for that reason. And then one day before you know it, you start at episode one and you're at episode 39. You're at the point where you're like, we're going to take a break. Imagine you're at the point where you can say, we're going to take a break and then start again in 2021 and then continue on. It's because the why behind whatever you're doing is deeper than just, you know, I want to be seen on Facebook or Instagram. The thing about it is as a result of that working hard in silence and having that consistency of doing the work that you're doing, then eventually it becomes visible. Not because you're trying to make it just be visible. I mean, it's important to understand that. Yes. Yeah, so there is a point where you have to now get yourself exposed and that kind of thing, but your work then becomes visible. And then it gets to the point where other people are noticing it without you even trying to get it noticed. You never came to me and said, you know, Chris, I have this book called Be More Today, or I'm doing this or that. I happen to notice, I'm like, wow, this looks interesting. And not only the Be More Today, but just other things that you are doing that I can see, there's something different about this guy, right? And again, you're not doing that for the attention of anyone. You're doing it solely from the passion that's in you. And I think when people go deep to find out what is their why and really start to focus on that and you begin to get this um, laser focus on, you know what, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm focused on. Eventually, the success is going to come. The noise from the success is going to come, not because you're trying to push it, but because by you diligently and being committed to doing what you're doing, then it becomes noticed. And once it becomes noticed, someone's going to say, man, you should read this book called Be More Today. Then somebody else is going to say, someone's on the train reading Be More Today. And they're like, wait, what's that? So now the noise about you is moving and you're not the one moving it because it started from the why and your motivation. So for me, that's how I try to 
live my life, you know? Why am I doing what I'm doing? I don't do finance workshops for to get paid or to, I'm not saying that I don't get paid for some of them, right? But the motivation truly comes from me recognizing, man, like people really don't know about financial literacy. And I think, especially our people of color, and I'm like, they could really benefit and do well and do more with their life if they got a good handle on this aspect of their life. Here's a skill that I have. Here's something that I just don't know intellectually, but for my own life, I've practiced it and I can share this. And then I look at other areas in my life that have worked, right? And that worked just because it was perfect all the way through, through all the ups and downs. And I'm like, you know, somebody can actually benefit from this. That becomes my why. So even for myself, when I noticed, you know, even as you read my bio and I'm listening, I'm like, when did all of this happen? I wasn't really thinking about that. You just share, you share knowledge, you try to help people. And then before you know it, then you, there's a success. There's this noise that you didn't even create, right? And I think the thing that's key about all of that, because you started with what is my why, because you started with your purpose and your passion, then when the noise comes, when the success comes, you're giving the glory and honor to God because you realize this wasn't even about me. So, I mean, that's what I would say to someone. Let that be your focus. If you try to make it all about social media and trying to, you know, get the most likes and all these things, it may happen for a period of time, but it's not going to be sustainable. The only thing that would be sustainable is when it comes from a place deep within where it is truly the why. You know the why of why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's basically, that's been the, the journey for Be More Today since its inception, 2014. We had all kinds of thoughts about what we wanted to do, and uh, those things didn't pan out. I mean, they, they didn't really go as, as planned. And mm-hmm. through trial and error, through different people coming in, through trying different things, uh, we continued to just follow our passion, but mm-hmm. it, it went through a different venue. And, and now we here we are, like you said, episode 39 for this show on my my boy Terrence has his own podcast, Worst of Life podcast. And both of those things basically came out of growth and the journey that we went through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's been an amazing um, uh, experience seeing the, the following that we've gotten simply by just doing what we wanted to do and continue yeah. to be persistent in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited more for 2021 than ever before because the things that we're doing now are just they're they're rolling they're rolling and it's really about like you said just continuing to do that work in silence and letting the noise happen uh, yeah i i yearn for the day when someone's on the train reading my book i'm looking forward to it you know <laughs> I, I had so many things after i did the the ephesus tv thing with you i had like five or six things set up um for various places and then with COVID 19 those all got shot down clearly mm-hmm. but um I'm, I'm so confident that there are going to be other things that uh, will come up and things have already come up, you know, in, in the interim as, as a result. So it's, it's, it's amazing to see the, the doors close, but it's also exciting to see the windows and doors open as a result. Oh yeah. So excited for that. Excited for that. And thank you for sharing on that for sure. Um, now I, I know you're like me, you do a lot of community work, um, not just in terms of workshops for others, but also in terms of giving back. And Mm -hmm. there's a group called unique people services. What exactly is, you need people services and what's your connection with them? 
So Unique People Services, they're a Bronx-based not-for-profit organization, and they help individuals with developmental disabilities. So individuals who are adults, you know, 18 and, you know, much older, older. I, I try to remember what's the oldest consumer's age, but I mean, there's individuals who are like in their 70s, 80s, right? Developmental disabilities provides housing for them, um, provides different types of programming needs for them as well. Um, so my connection to them, they're a, almost a four, $35 million organization, and I'm actually the chair of the board for that organization. And um, the interesting story there, right, is I actually met this organization when I was a banker, a junior banker at Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase. And so I used to focus on looking at very large corporate companies. And then over time, I started to have a passion of like, you know, I want to do some more work that feels impactful, but I still like banking and finance, right? And so then I started to now shift my focus to focusing on the not-for-profit sector. So even though organizations are not-for-profits, that doesn't mean that they're not profitable or they're not seeking to make a profit. It's more of their um, tax status and the purpose and the mission for the organization. So this organization, I met them, I was um, their banker. And I remember going out to meet them. And one of the things that impressed me is that the executive director was a black female. I mean, a lot of the companies that I met, very large, it was mostly like white males. Um, So then to go to this organization and see was a black female. And not only that, over time, this is like later on, then I learned that um, she was also Seventh-day Adventist amazing, amazing woman. I have to introduce you to her. I think she might be great for your podcast. But um, so I was their banker and really, you know, I was always um, very serious in terms of like how I managed my client relationships. And when I finished working for JP Morgan, I left JP Morgan actually to go to grad school. And once I left, the executive director said, well, Crystal, can you be on our board? Actually, she wanted me to be on the board before. And I'm like, I can't be on your board. It's a conflict of interest. And the moment that I left, she said, can you be on our board? That actually happened with quite a few clients of mine where they're like, can you be on our board? And, um, you know, once I finished grad school, I said, okay, I'll join the board. Because I really like the work that the organization did. Um, I like the management team. And from the standpoint of seeing them on the banking side, I saw them grow over the years that I was there, right? So I joined the board and was a regular board member. And then after about two or three years, then I became the head of the real estate um, department for that organ or for the board. So the organization started to do a lot of work in terms of um, affordable housing projects for not only the individuals with developmental disabilities, but mixed use properties that were, um, in the community, people could also live there as well. So we did a huge development project. Um, it's called Lynn's Place in the Bronx. And right now we're doing a huge project, a huge mixed-use project that's going to be in the Bronx on Grand Concourse, 2050 Grand Concourse. So anyway, after I was the board member, then I was the real estate chair. And then um, I was asked after a while to be the board chair. I'm like, the board chair? You know, I'm like... <laughs> How am I going to be the board chair? This is in my mind, right? How am I going to be the board chair? Like everybody on the board is like quite a few years my senior, a lot more experience, you know, blah, blah. But I then, you know, prayed about it, you know, spoke to a few mentors of mine. 
And they're like, well, clearly, if they're asking you, they're, they, nobody would just ask you to take on this role if there wasn't something about you that they felt that you could be in this role. And um, so, you know, I prayed about it. So, okay, God, I'll move forward. And I did. And it's been now about two and a half, two and a half to three years of serving as the board chair. And it's been great. I mean, very fulfilling and rewarding. Um, I mean, for me, also seeing the organization grow. At the time when I first met this organization, they were a 19, about a $19 million organization. And now they're 35, um, you know, soon to be approaching 40 and just doing such great work. Um, the galas that we've had through the years have improved every single year. We've had people come on from... Um, from Channel 7 News to host some of our events. We've had like um, the former, fortunately he's deceased now, David Dinkins, um, quite a few people come out and it's just really been a blessing. So I enjoy, I enjoy serving the community um, and it's great to like give back in, in this way for this organization. That's big time. I always appreciate seeing people give their time to the community, especially uh, one just like that. And uh, yeah, kudos to you for doing that and being such a, a strong network person for them. That That's that's great. It's exactly what people like us should be doing. And yeah. I hope more people continue to do that kind of stuff, especially during these times. Um, now, you are an elder and I am an elder. We're elders, <laughs> our elders yes. crew. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, elders being elders is very interesting in, in, by itself. But that's a whole other podcast. But yeah. <laughs> um, many churches, as you know, because you've been in many of them and you've been mm-hmm. on the boards of many of them and mo- most mm-hmm. of these meetings that churches have, um, no matter what church you go to, right, finances can always be very, very uh, touchy. Um, mm-hmm. sensitive, if you will, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, although there are funds that go into churches, uh, churches always, not always, but sometimes have financial issues. Um, how difficult, I'm asking you because of your financial background, but how difficult do you think it is to educate um, our church body on financial issues, um, especially if they conflict with what some may say are spiritual issues? Mm-hmm. Um, so I might want you to expand a little bit more on that when you talk about the spiritual piece, but what I would say to this first part of educating the members, for me, that's something that's key because I've been in many of, um, business meetings and board meetings where decisions are being made. People are looking at the financial statements, making decisions, and I can tell they have no clue as to what they're even looking at. They have no clue as to what they're reading. And sometimes the way things are presented, it is so confusing. And I'm like, why would somebody present this information this way? Why aren't there some charts and graphs that, you know, for a person who's not in a financial background that they can literally understand? And I think that for me, that was something that was key, especially coming into the role now as, as a finance chair at Ephesus. I really wanted people to be able to walk away and understand what they were looking at, understand why it was important, and just understand a few basic terms so that when they're spoken, they understand what it means. So I started in this role um, actually this year, right before the pandemic. We had our first... Um, our first business meeting and I use a portion of the meeting to make it about education. 
I'm going to teach you some concepts, you know, net income, uh, profit, loss, um, when something is, when funds are restricted versus unrestricted and, and why those things are important because there's people who give to a church and if someone gives all of their money, say if they really love music and they give $10,000 to the music department, right? But then the church actually needs $5,000 to pay some bill. Technically, the treasurer cannot use the $10,000 that the person gave towards music to pay that bill because those funds are restricted, right? So then you could have someone saying, but this church gets so much money, or I gave this to the church, which is true. But if a person doesn't understand or the members don't understand how the flow of the funds work, or when people say, well, I'm giving my money to, to the potluck or to this, then you, those funds can't be used to run the operations of the church. So people also need to be educated, you know, for those listening who um, might be Seventh-day Adventists, they might understand this, the concept of tithe and offerings, right? So the way how our church is structured, there might be a church that, yes, remits over a million dollars in tithes, but that doesn't stay at the local church. So then members will think, but if our church remits this much in tithe, then we should have money to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, if you don't give offerings, then that's what really funds the operation of the church. So these are things that I realized that people needed to be educated on. And I never, I didn't take for granted that because someone is, has been in a church for years that they know these things. So every time I do any kind of um, presentation for the church, now in terms of workshops, just, you know, it's a board meeting, a business meeting, then I work from that angle of that people don't know that people need to learn. And I try to create a space where it's comfortable for them to ask a question and not feel dumb by asking the question. And the other thing that I'm very big on as well is transparency. I'm like, this is God's money. All I am is just the person who is trying to help in terms of like managing it so that, you know, the way how we budget, how we're using our funds is in line with the mission for the church and all of those things. And I think that everybody needs to be able to see and to know what it is. Um, so that's something that's really important for me. That's always how I've managed my personal finances. You know, when I was um, in banking, same thing. And I think in terms of working for the church, it's even on another level. Like this is God's money. This is God's mission. So I think it's key for people to understand. They don't need to know it to the level that a finance person knows, but they need to know enough to be able to make decisions. Because I think it's important for them to understand so that they can ask questions. They can challenge. It shouldn't be that you just sit there and you just all in favor say I, and they all say I, and they don't even understand what they said I to. It's okay to ask the question, you know, ask those questions. And anyone who is a good finance chair or a good treasurer, they should actually welcome the questions because that actually makes you feel like, okay, people are listening. They're processing or they need to learn more. So, but I want to hear more about when you talk about the spiritual side, what were you kind of going at? I was just thinking that some people, um, <laughs> some people choose to spend or not spend certain funds based on what they believe God's telling them to do. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, like you said, there's something that's broken or something that is 
needs mm-hmm. allocation for funds, whether it's giving money to someone who's in need or not, I think sometimes we we look at the way that we're spending funds uh, from the book perspective and we look at the way we're spending funds from the spiritual perspective in terms of who's giving, what we have, what we can give. So I'm just curious, you know, when, when it comes to these things, you know, how you balance the education of people who are hesitant to spend funds based on what they feel like God is telling them to do. Well, I think, yeah, I think, I think I understand if I don't, then you let me know, but here's the thing that I've come to realize with churches. Um, And, and this is something that I've thought about more deeply from now looking at my experience in the corporate world, right? Any successful organization and a church is an organization needs to have a mission and they should function and spend based upon what their mission is. So for example, if you gave me the financial statements for Starbucks, for say McDonald's, for let's say um, Nike, and you did, the company name wasn't on there, I should be able to look at the financial statements and kind of look at where a lot of the spending is and be able to get some kind of sense as to what is the mission of this organization? You know, what's priority to them and what's their focus? What industry are they in? So for example, McDonald's, I'm sure there would be a lot of spending on beef and burger patties and like those types of things, right? So then you will see, well, this is definitely some kind of like restaurant or fast food chain. They're, they're not, you're not seeing like seafood on there. You're seeing potatoes you know you're seeing burgers i mean beef right so you're like okay you're starting to narrow down into what type of um focus they have then you might see well they have locations in the united states they have locations in china they have locations so then you're realizing okay not only that they're international right so now if you start to see a shift, say next year I see a shift where I'm seeing more chicken than beef, then I'm saying, all right, something is shifting here. Maybe they're focused more on chicken or they're doing a balance or whatever the case is, right? And I see all that to say that the financial statements are going to tell you a story about this organization. And I think for a church, financial statements tell you the same thing. It will say to you, is this a church that's really focused on evangelism and outreach? Is this a church that's heavily focused on music? Is this a church that's heavily focused on enhancing their um, media and technology? And you can see all of that from a financial statement. And I think that it's incumbent on the leader of the church, you know, the pastor and the leadership team to make sure that in all meetings and all decisions, you're emphasizing what is our mission? I'm not going to make an assessment on what the right mission should be, right? I have my thoughts on those things, right? But that's not the point. The point is, whoever the leader is, what is our mission? What is our goal? What are we trying to achieve? And with every single meeting, that should be the focus. So now when you're beginning to now make decisions that um, impact the church financially, for a church, it's not being led solely by just the numbers. It's being led by the mission. And then because we're a church, so here's the element that 
will not apply in the banking and finance world, but should apply in the church space. There's an element of faith. There's an element of, of believing that God is leading us in a certain direction. And even if we don't see all of the funds that we believe by faith, if we make a move in this direction, God is going to bless and honor it. That is the, that is the biggest difference between for me looking at the finances of a church versus me looking at the finances of, you know, in my banking world of those corporations, why they're all about money. They're all about trying to, um, you know, whatever their focus is, but with God's church is very different. So for me, it's, I think it's always key for the pastor, for the leaders, you've got to stress what is our mission? What is our focus? And decisions and meetings should be surrounded by that. And I, I honestly believe if that was the case, meetings would go much more smoothly. The ability to um, spend would be better. Um, it wouldn't be a frivolous spending, but one that's intentional and purposeful. So those are my thoughts. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, folks, episode 39 of the More Today Show, I'm here with my friend, Crystal Ward. Certified personal professional development coach and financial services professional for over 20 years. She's been doing this thing. <laughs> We've been doing this thing. And out, we of the, actually, out of the womb. Tell her, don't, the try, womb, to cal- don't try to calculate my age. I was That's out right. of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> All good. And uh, we had some quick fire questions before our show was over. But the first mm-hmm. one I wanted to throw at you is uh, you wrote in your bio something about the title, Be the Total You. Yes. Um, a book on the way and if so what's this book going to be about if, if, a little preview if you will yeah um so you know i've been like really praying fasting about like asking god you know what are some of the things that you want me to do next and i remember as clear as day getting up when i'm a very i'm a morning person so getting up early in the morning and had a clear thought of this be the total you be the total you and that really comes from my personal life journey of thinking about where I am today and all the aspects of my life that needed to get in order for me to get to this point. And there's a whole lot much more growing to do, but being the total you, I think about, you know, like the financial piece, you know, getting hold of my personal finances, the spiritual piece to me, most important, not religion, but truly having a relationship with God, Um, getting in such an alignment that, Now I'm like, okay, I can hear him leading me and guiding me, right? The emotional piece of looking at all the different relationships, relationships of family, relationships of friends, like really assessing that. What is the health of these relationships? Thinking about my personal and professional development, so career, and then also thinking about my health. And I think that in our life, all of those things ideally need to be in some form of balance and anytime one of those areas or more is out of whack, it's going to eventually trickle into the other areas. And then before you know it, you're just off kilter and you have even no idea why. Being the total you is beginning to look at all of those areas of your life, figuring out what has you stuck, and then working towards doing the work to become what you need to be to eventually get those areas in balance. And I think once those areas start to become in balance, then you're able to be the total you, the total essence of who God created you to be. 
and, and the key thing about that, which I say to people, that once you start getting in tune to that, it's something to be celebrated. It's something where you realize that you are not in competition with anybody else. You can actually affirm other people because you know that you are uniquely you. And because of that, of being the total you and recognizing that there is nobody else on the planet like you, there is no one else that has the experiences that you have. So there's something that you bring to the table in being the essence of who you are, but you want to become whole. You want to be the total essence of who you are. So that's the gist of it. Um, that morning when I woke up, I have a little book that I always write with, that I walk with. I write ideas, ideas for sermons, ideas. Things just pop in my head and I write it down. So I actually have all the chapters written, the titles, um, and that's something that I want to launch. So the book, um, and then have it actually become a bigger platform of conferences and you know things that will help people to be the total them. Um, I want to bring other professionals in to then tap into those areas, right? The, the spiritual area, the finance area, the health area. So it'll be a spin-off of a lot of things. Um, God placed that in my head, and I know it's huge. It's a huge undertaking, so I'm slowly chipping away. But yeah, that's the gist of it. I think more to come in 2021, mm-hmm. but um, that's that's it. Being the total you. <laughs> we'll be cut from the same thread, my dear. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling all of that, and that's very, very exciting. Very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I have my book out, Be More Today, 40 yes. After Virginia. I gave you a copy. And, and, yes. And in the book, I talk about these steps to greatness. And we're actually doing a, a New Year's Day 5K um, to kick off another 40-day challenge. We did two challenges this year, but we're doing one for 2021. Um, mm-hmm. But the goal of the challenge is 40 days of working out, uh, drinking water, uh, being healthy, uh, intermittent fasting, getting sleep, all these things that we should be doing always right yeah mm-hmm. and to not do these things mm-hmm. um my question for you is in this quick round um what's one thing you want to stop doing next year one thing you want to start doing next year and one goal you have for next year one start one stop one goal you have one minute go so something i want to stop doing i want to stop um procrastinating um there's things I know that I could be doing and I find a way to talk myself out of it sometimes. And I want to now get these things done. That book probably should have been done already. I'm going to get it done next year. Something I want to start doing is that, that work on that book and actually get it done. And there's something again, that I'm saying this to you on your podcast. Mm. So there's accountability there. Mm. So I have to get that done. Mm. And you said, what was the last thing? A goal? A goal for, yeah, 2021. Any kind of bigger goal or bigger picture? It could be the conference you're going to be working with after the book. Anything like that for 2021. For 2021, so it's finishing the book um, and then actually like fully launching it and doing some like large speaking engagements solely about that. Like I've, I've gone to do speaking engagements about many other things but I want this focus to be like on that. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud and on your podcast. So now every one of your viewers are going to be able to hold me accountable, which I guess is a good thing. So yes. I would say that's it. Boom. Boom. Um, any final tips, advice you want to share with aspiring um, bankers, entrepreneurs, um, authors. I mean, you're, you're so many things. So any final tips you want to share, or even if you want to give 
a financial tip, one financial tip that you think would be uh, a good thing to share during this COVID season? Because I know this has been a crazy, crazy year for everyone. Um, either one of the two, I'll let you pick. Either a financial tip you want to share or a tip for aspiring entrepreneurs or, or aspiring people who want to get into finance. Um, so I'll give a financial tip um, or a mixture. Of, I'll give a mixture of something. I think um, financially, I want to encourage people to take charge of their finances. Right? When people think about like a CEO of a company, they think of this abstract or some person running this big company. I want people to know that you are actually the CEO of yourself. So think about how are you managing your finances? How are you actually, have you looked, when was the last time you looked at it? What are some changes you need to make? When you think about your goals for next year, um, how are your finances shaping into that? I think it's important for people to have knowledge about what your financial health is, right? I think it's important to look at our physical health, our spiritual health, emotional health, but financial health is key. Um, and the other thing that I want people to think about, those who actually may have their finances in order, to remember that like money is a tool. It's not something to be stockpiled. Um, there was a point in my life where I, felt, I found comfort in seeing it stockpile and adding up, and it, felt, it brought this sense of security. And then I got to a point where I realized, you know, through God and doing my own um, personal work, money is a tool. It's a tool for you to do the things that you are passionate about, to whatever that is, to travel, to write a book, to you have a business idea, even to help someone. So I want people to think about that. Don't see it as something to just stockpile, but have a mission and a purpose behind why you're doing what you're doing. And whatever it is that you're seeking to do, it can be accomplished. There's nothing rocket science about finance get your goals, set it out, write it down, map it out. And if you need help to do that, then find someone to help you to do it and then just follow your plan. And I guarantee if you do that, then you'll be a success. Mm -hmm. Crystal Ward, thank you so, 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 so much for being on the show today. You've made episode 39 the best. Appreciate you so much. Well, there's no other 39, so <laughs> that's it. That's it. Where can people find you, connect with you on social media or otherwise? So on social media, I'm on Facebook as Crystal E. Ward. Um, my website is www.crystaleward.com. So you can go there. If you need to email me, you can email me at contact at crystalewar.com. I need to go on Instagram. I've been told, like, are you on Instagram? So that's something I want to work on. I'm not there yet, but um, we'll get on there eventually. So Crystal E. Ward on Facebook, Crystal E. Ward on LinkedIn, um, crystalewar.com website. So that, those are some ways they can find me. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We appreciate you. And like I did before with the workouts, and I saw you did that, that run. I saw you on Facebook that you did that run. I, I, I yeah. checked I did a run and I've been also um, cycling. Yes. So that's, yes, yeah. I saw that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to check you for the book too next year. Be yes, the, yes. We'll check you Be for the it. total you. Yes. And then when you get that book done, we'll have you back on the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Folks, in the word of Crystal Ward, as she said, work hard in silence and let your success be your noise. Let's be loud in yes. 2021. Let's make some noise in 2021. 
let's get this thing done, right? You, you want to make sure that you put your words into practice. This is the best time to lay that foundation, put those plans together, and let's walk into 2021 in style. That's the plan for next year. Uh, for those of you who've been following us against the Be More Today show, we are everywhere. BeMoreToday.com. You can find my book on there. Uh, our music's on there. And our swag store is open. The More store, More Swag store is open. Go on there and get your Be More Today apparel, your gaiters, your, your T-shirts. Um, we have our Be More Today 5K. That's actually the registration is already closed for that. But if you want to be a part of the process, right, you can get the book and follow us from January 1st on to 40 days past that. We're going to be doing uh, healthy eating, so intermittent fasting. We're going to be drinking our water, uh, half of our body weight in ounces. We're going to be getting our sleep, seven, nine hours, and, of course, getting our fitness in, 40 days of fitness, 40 days of fitness. And I guarantee you, you will be a better version of you after that. Uh, if you want to support the Be More Today show, please send us an email, uh, be more today, number two day at gmo.com or any of our social media platforms. We're on there. Send us a message. Just say, hey, let us know what's going on. We appreciate your love and support and love hearing from you guys. As always, my boy T. Farrell has the Words for Life podcast every single Wednesday. They are a part of the Be More Today umbrella. They are our sister, our sister podcast. I support them every single time, every Wednesday. And the Be More Today episode debuts every single Monday for your Monday motivation. Folks, as always, as I always say, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take yourself to greatness to be the best version of you. I will see you next week for our last episode of 2020. Peace. Living life with nothing to prove I'm gonna be a better version of me